Hello and welcome to Small Business Speaks, the podcast where we get to know the people and ideas that bring businesses to life. I'm Jen Silverian, a recruiter and business owner that loves to shine the light on people that are exceptional at what they do. This episode of Small Business Speaks is brought to you by Mainline Test Prep. They provide tutoring for the ACT, SAT, and other entrance exams. Mainline's founder, Steve Odabashian, was guest number five on our show. And since that episode aired, test dates are back on, and Steve is busy offering video group tutoring and all-day seminars. If your high school student missed spring test dates, Steve can make sure their skills are sharp. Not only has Steve been tutoring for over 20 years, but he regularly takes the SAT and ACT with nearly perfect scores. He coaches students to recognize and solve common questions, to pace themselves, and to achieve higher scores. He also advises on which tests to take based on students' academic records and college choices. You can find Steve at mainlinetestprep.com. I'll put that in the show notes. He's running an ACT prep seminar this Saturday, June 27th, and it's not too late to register. Go to mainlinetestprep.com for details. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome back to Small Business Speaks. It is late June and businesses are beginning to reopen. In the past few months of quarantine, we've gotten to know our spouses and partners really well perhaps in ways we were never meant to. For many of us, we are hearing our spouses on work calls for the first time, causing one of my friends to lament, oh my God, I can't believe I'm married to the let's circle back guy. So it's fitting that today's guest is Kathy Rushing, a marriage coach. Kathy specializes in entrepreneur couples, and I know that there are a lot of those among our listeners. Kathy helps couples recognize and work around their differences. She helps them communicate better, even when work threatens to crowd out conversations about anything else. In this episode, we'll hear Kathy's own 40-year entrepreneur marriage, plus the unique tools and processes she uses in coaching couples. My husband, Scott, and I did a session with Kathy under the auspices of research for this episode. And we'll come back on next week to talk about our individual results. In the meantime, here's Kathy. For over 30 years, she's been a marriage therapist offering retreats and private counseling. When she moved to Fort Collins last year, she decided to bring her practice online. In addition to coaching via Zoom call, Kathy produces the committed podcast about successful entrepreneur couples. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Hi, Jen. I'm doing good. Well, here on Small Business Speaks, a lot of our guests and listeners are founders and entrepreneurs. And I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own search firm that does recruiting. And I'm married to an entrepreneur that does residential real estate. So there's a lot of keen interest here in your expertise on entrepreneur marriages. So first, let me understand how you define an entrepreneur marriage. Well, it's pretty basic, really. It's if one or both are entrepreneurs. Uh, The reality is if there is one entrepreneur in the family, it impacts the whole family. So 
Yeah, sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes it is both. That is our situation. That is your situation. And you know how cray cray that can get. (laughs) (laughs) So you spent um, nine years um, in your early career as a marriage therapist. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then more recently, you've decided to specialize in entrepreneur couples. What's unique about being married to an entrepreneur that made you want to focus on it? Well, I actually have 30 plus years as a marriage counselor. Um, Nine of those were in private practice. When Mark and I first married, we really, we had no idea that he was an entrepreneur. He ended up um, getting into the nursing home business and um, discovered that he was very good at business and then decided to start an assisted living facility for Alzheimer's patients. So he was 40 when he did that, 40 or 41. And um, we didn't know what we didn't know. I also started my private practice at about the same time, which... (laughs) Again, we look back and we were like, we should have had our heads examined. So as he, as the company started and then it grew, like he didn't set out to develop some big company. It just started as this one location. But what we quickly discovered is you you don't just stop with one. Things grow and it was a pretty steep learning curve. There were so many challenges in the first probably, well, I don't think there have ever not been challenges in growing this business for a variety of reasons. But um, we did not know anyone else that had started a business. And it seems kind of unusual now because there are so many organizations that uh, provide peer like peer advisory boards for entrepreneurs that provide resources and support but most of them you have to be at a pretty high revenue level before you can even qualify so for years it's just slugging it out and we felt pretty isolated and at times just at odds with each other not not personally, but just the stress of the challenges that we were facing in getting capital, in getting investors for new buildings, in dealing with um, employees, lots of issues around employees. And then um, a couple of years ago, we bought a house um, in Colorado and we were back and forth and I just, I didn't want to be tied to a location. And so as I explored how to take my services online, what became more and more clear was that there was a niche for entrepreneur marriage that really hardly anyone was speaking into this area. So as you talked about trials and tribulations, along the way of you Mm -hmm. both being involved in your own businesses. Mm -hmm. You marry each other for better or worse, right? (laughs) What are the best parts of being married to an entrepreneur? What are some of the 
the worst moments. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, it it is a wild ride. It's I liken it to a roller coaster, and there there are a lot of good things. Um, Mark and I both enjoy learning new things and challenging each other, so we are never bored. That is that's one good thing. Um, we we've had a little more control over our future, but as we are all acutely aware currently, whether you're an entrepreneur, or whether you're an employee, there are some things you just don't control. And I think that that was something we had to really learn is to let go of the things that were not in our control and prepare as best we can. But yes, there, there were some hard, hard lessons. There was a period that was especially difficult and probably the hardest, it was the hardest for, for us personally, I think. We got our taxes back from the CPA and I remember Mark it was very quiet, said, I need to tell you something. Okay. And he broke the news that we owed, I think it was 83000 thousand dollars in taxes I was I was physically sick I mean I was like how can this happen how, how does this happen I was I was angry I was scared I uh, it was it was a bad time and he tried again to explain to me which he didn't fully understand either you know a lot of this we put in our CPA's hands uh, we after that, we changed some things about how the taxes were done. Um, but my first thought was, oh, my gosh, which which child can we sell? You know, <laughs> none of them were, were going to bring that much. We had, um, trying to think who was in college at that point. We had it. Uh, oh, my goodness, you were paying college tuition, too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... So that that was a really, really rough time because it and there had been a lot of hard going up to that. And, and a lot of the hard is around finances. I don't think we had a lot of grace for each other in those ensuing months. But we did get on the same page fairly quickly, I think. I mean, I don't remember the time frame now, but that is, you know, something that I teach couples is about getting on the same side of the line and naming what, what is this that we're up against? And we've got to be on the same side of the line and face this together, figure out how to get, you know, how to get together in, in working on it. Some of my programming from the family that I grew up in was to jump in and fix it. Or if something's going to be done, I'm going to have to do it. My parents divorced when I was, um, well, it was final, the beginning of my senior year in high school. And I was the oldest of three girls. So I'm, I'm one of these really super responsible people. And so I picked up a lot of responsibility really without being asked. I just sort of did it because it was called survival. And so a lot of that kind of um, 
became a, an unaware pattern. It was something I would just jump into things without really thinking it about it. I didn't have a lot of self-awareness about that unhealthy part of me at the time. But I was still doing it then. So my initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, I've got to fix this. And and I realized pretty quickly and Mark and I were able to get on the same page and got a plan together. But that, yeah, that was that that was a difficult place. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like what you said about being on the same side of the line and separating the business from your relationship with each other, your respect um, and commitment to each other. It reminds me of the interview you did with uh, this great couple, Sarah and Bill Woolsey. Yes. And um, Sarah was talking about naturally um, in the ebb and flow of their careers, they had one person that was the risk taker and one person that Mm -hmm. was the risk manager. Mm -hmm. So, and they switched back and forth, but they always Mm -hmm. had one person with the steady salary as Uh sort of the hedge against risk while the other person sort of built their business. Right. Yeah. Um, Do you often find that's the case with the couples that you work with or is it a mixed bag? I would say there's really a mixed bag. Some of them are the spouses don't work at all. Some work, but are, I would say, detached from the business. And then some work in the business. So yeah, I I find all different combinations. And I think what's important is whether or not they work in the business is whether they understand the business and understand the pressures and challenges ebb and flow of the business so that the entrepreneur does not feel so isolated Mm -hmm. or like they're carrying all of the weight. I want to know what's going on. Mark and I talk about the business all the time. And the more of these interviews that I do for my podcast, um, I, I hear a, a, a drumbeat that is, yes, we talk about the business a lot. And so the challenge for a lot of entrepreneur couples is not talking about work all the time and you know, talking about enough so that you know what's going on, but it's important to, to broaden. And for the entrepreneur, especially if the spouse typically the wife, there certainly are many women entrepreneurs as well, but the numbers just say there are a lot more men. So it's often the wives that are, you know, they feel like they're invisible, or they have trouble asking for time to pursue things that are important to to them. And I think that's an important thing that I work on with entrepreneur couples is making sure that there is appreciation verbalized. There's a lady that that did some research several years ago on entrepreneur couples. And that was one of the things that she found successful or happy couples had in common was showing appreciation for the role and for the work that the other puts in. 
we've talked about why entrepreneurs have to work especially hard on their marriages and some of the hot spots or conflicts that are particularly prevalent in entrepreneur marriages. Do you um, have you come in across any evidence that says divorce rates are higher among entrepreneur marriages? I I have done some looking and I have not been able to find uh, specific percentages, but I did find an article that talked about um, the the divorce rate. I think as divorce attorneys were surveyed, they indicated that there was about a five to ten percent higher divorce rate in entrepreneur marriages. And then many are anecdotal. If you talk to entrepreneurs, they all know someone who either is really struggling in their marriage. And you know, one of the big risks of entrepreneur marriage is that if the marriage doesn't make it, it, it runs the risk of taking the, the business down with it. When, you, um, when people come to you in your practice, what's the outcome that they're seeking? In my days of private practice, I was definitely focused more on therapy. So a lot of people were one step away from the divorce attorney. I even had a couple tell me one time, well, we're going to see you, but we have an appointment with the attorney next week. And I'm like, why are you even here? You know, so many people. Well, and it's unrealistic. Uh, I don't have a magic wand. And so many people have let the fissures deepen to a point that it's really hard to turn it around. And so I, I became convinced that for very troubled marriages, say if there's been an affair they're trying to recover from and restore trust, that intensive um, retreat settings is one of the very best ways to try to at least get on the same page. And then they can do more weekly work with a therapist. But as I have created these online resources, I refer to it as coaching because my focus is more out of our own experience that just sometimes marriage is hard and we hit bumps And we just, we need someone to be a detached but skilled listener, someone with tools that can help us get unstuck. So what I offer now is is a little different. I mean, obviously I still have all of that knowledge and awareness of family systems and individual challenges that we all bring into marriage. And there is absolutely a place for individual therapy, for digging into our shadow side, our, um, to be the healthiest self that I can be, because it's my deep belief that a marriage is only as healthy as each person that makes up that partnership. So what I offer now, again, is what we would have benefited from 
in growing our business, just periodically having someone to say, okay, this is where we are. These are some things that are going well, but we're, we're kind of stuck on this topic or we keep having the same disagreement and we want to move forward. I think ultimately everyone wants, you know, they want peace in their peace at home Mm -hmm. and home should be the place where we can most fully be ourselves. Home should be a safe place. It should be a place where we are heard and affirmed, even when we see things differently. You know, I think about all that is going on in our world right now. And I think of how many marriages I I have am aware of and have worked with over the years where, you know, home is not a safe place. And mm-hmm. if we can't be at peace at home, how can we move out into the world and try to create more peaceful communities and workplaces. Um, So it really starts with the family. I'm a huge advocate of healthy families and it begins with healthy marriage. I like that you brought up the question of when you have a disagreement with your spouse, what do you typically fight about? What, you know, topic do you seem to continually come back to and stumble on? I think it is ultimately one of the reasons why people might seek out coaching, right? Because it's like you keep coming back to the same topic again and again, Mm -hmm. wishing that you could resolve it. That may be the the reason why um, couples decide to see you. When they do, what are are the first steps you take? Where, Where do you direct them first? How does um, an engagement or a consultation with you typically begin? I should begin by saying, too, that I'm a very solution. When when I was doing therapy, I was a very solution-focused therapist. So, again, this is not, I'm not asking you to be in therapy for six months or a year or whatever. So I'm very focused on hearing from them what they want and... Sometimes I ask about the magic wand. You know, if I had a magic wand and suddenly whatever is troubling you is different, what would that look like? And as behavioral as you can make it, as descriptive, this is what it would look like instead of just, well, we just want to be happier. Okay, well, happy looks different for me and for you. So I think I work to just hear from the couple about what is not working what is working, you know, what are some of the strengths, because every couple has strengths, and we have to be aware of those to be able to build on them. But I'm really wanting to hear from them about what, what they want to gain from it. So it it just begins with asking, you know, tell me what's going on. These are big, uneasy complicated topics for people to open up about. Mm -hmm. So you um, have a tool that you use. It's um, a a form of the DISC Mm -hmm. personality profile Mm -hmm. that you have as one of your online resources. 
why don't you explain how that works and how you use that tool to get into some of these conversations? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is uh, so uniquely us is an offering that I have partly based out of our experience. Mark was 45 when he first took the disc and it truly was an aha moment for him. It was the first time that we both really realized, well, this is how you're wired. We had taken a Myers-Briggs with a counselor many years before, but I don't think there was a lot of unpacking it in terms of how it, what that really meant for us and especially for us in our marriage. Um, so I offer the disc, the disc profile is a four dimensional, um, personality typing. And a lot of people will say, I don't, I don't want to be put in a box or I didn't, you know, I don't want to be so wrapped up or whatever. But the reality is we all have, there, there are patterns and the disc is one of the easiest, I think, um, profiles to understand. And that's why I use that one versus say the Enneagram, which I love the Enneagram. And I've gone deep into that in the last two years, but it takes a lot of intention and looking inward and, and it's a really a deep personal and spiritual growth tool. The disc, because it's four dimensions and we look at high and low. So the couple takes this online, takes about, what did it take you, Jen? If it took me 10 minutes, that would have been yeah. a long time. I think it's 24 questions. I can't remember the number of questions, but it, yeah, I usually say about 10 minutes online and then it generates a report that I then schedule a 90 minute zoom call with a couple and we unpack what each of their disc profiles looks like and how that, how they interface with each other. And that's why it's, why I call it uniquely us because each couple, each individual is unique. And then as a couple, they are unique too. And we talk about ways, specific ways to be mindful of communication. You know, if one person, so the disc is DISC, it's dominance, influencer, steadiness, and compliance are the four dimensions. So for instance, if one person is a high D and they think fast and they talk fast and they can be abrupt and direct, and they're married to a high S who avoids conflict at all cost, who tends to bury what they feel, well, it, it becomes clear pretty quickly the challenges that can be there when it comes to communicating with each other, to having conflict, to um, even their uh, goals and um, uh, values that, that drive their life. Mm -hmm. And so that's 
so I interpret for each person referencing both, but bringing it together to help them have some very concrete tools that they leave that 90 minute session with, I hope at least one thing that they can begin to put into practice immediately. Mm -hmm. It's not, again, it's not about digging into our past, our families of origin. All of those things are important to understand, but this is a very uh, tool that becomes foundational for giving a framework for understanding each other better. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of human nature that we just assume that everyone sees the world the way I do. But my perspective is, is different than yours. E and even if we had a similar disc profile, there are still so many things that make us unique in the values that we hold dear with the, where we want to focus our energy, how we spend our free time, how we make friends, all of these things. And so that, that is, that is, it's a package that I offer. And, and then the coaching is, um, can, can be scheduled just on a per session basis. You know, again, there's no, um, I know that a lot of times when people talk about coaching, there's like a coaching package and that's really not how I approach it. I don't say three sessions and I can guarantee you these outcomes. It's, personalized to that couple in terms of what they need. And my expectation is that a lot of people only need one or two sessions and then they go along their merry way. And maybe in a year we meet again. Um, I, I try to develop the idea that just as we would in business, where we set goals for the year, we set short-term goals, we set long-term goals we need to do the same thing in our marriage. Um, couples that have common goals are couples that are healthier. So um, uh, my hope and desire is to de, let's see, what would the word be? Not demystify, but you know, there's still some stigma in our society for therapy you know, we see it as a sign of weakness to admit that we have a problem. Well, hello, we all are human and we all have blind spots and we all have struggles. So let's just get over that, you know, and look at how do we become our healthiest, most productive, compassionate selves. And we do that in many ways. But one way is by having someone that, and again, coaching, and it it resonates a little more with men because I remember reading somewhere that even Tiger Woods, when he was at the top of his game, he still had a coach, someone that stood back and could see what was going on and give input. And sometimes it's very subtle. Mm -hmm. One of the things I enjoyed about the assessment mm -hmm. is, I mean, number one, it provided a way to label behavior in um, 
without getting emotional about it. Mm-hmm. So um, Scott happened to be, we're actually very similar to the example you just gave, right? So Scott was, um, I think, a high S, very steady. And I am closer to a D. I'm not a high D, but I'm, I, I think, a high I, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is close to D um, and more of an influencer. So um, just the way that would manifest itself uh-huh. in, in conversation is, I'd blow in and say what's ever on my mind and ask him to make a decision on something right in the moment. And that's not his style. Mm-hmm. You know, he needs to take things in, mull them over, come back to the table after mm-hmm. he's analyzed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I before the the assessment, I didn't have a way to describe that. Exactly. Um, and so now I approach those conversations so differently because I can just say, oh, well, that's his steadiness. You know, that's just what he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the second part that I really liked about working with you is you were able to reveal blind spots mm-hmm. um, about, uh, you know, about that I had about myself, mm-hmm. about the relationship. And even how we might appear within the context of family with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was a great intro to all of the things that you have to offer. And it's also very concrete because and very actionable because you gave us even ways to communicate with each other, even phrases uh-huh. of how to communicate to, with each other. Right. Um, that would help us, you know, t- uh, step towards each other instead of stepping away from each other. Yes. And we're, we're doing one or the other, right? We're really neutral is just not a thing in marriage. And you guys have been married, what, 17, <laughs> like years? 17 years? Yeah. 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 And so a, a lot of times people are like, well, I think we know each other pretty well. And you do. But like you said, this gives us a framework for really understanding how my partner sees the world differently than I do. And and it's not right or wrong. It's just different. And recognizing our differences gives us a lot of grace and room to create, okay, well, what, what works for us? For now, we are just about at an hour, Kathy, and I want to honor your time. Um, for those that are interested in finding you, where can they find you online? So my website is kathyrushing.com. That's Kathy with a K. On social media, I really like Instagram. That's where I am the most. So either one of those, and my email would be on my um, website, uh, info at kathyrushing.com. Perfect. I'll link to that in the show notes. Before I let you go, I want to, do you have maybe Uh two or three more minutes? Um, I want to experiment with these speed round questions. Oh. (laughs) um, Part of Tim Ferriss's podcast. Uh Uh-huh. Renee Brown used them. And I just think they're a really fun way to, to get to know people. Yeah. Um, so I've chosen some 
for you that I think are relevant to our conversation. And the first thing I want to ask you is your biggest pet peeve. Now you've caught me off guard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you mine. I can't stand when people (laughs) go up early. I am a, a show up late person. So when someone <laughs> early, they're likely to catch me like dripping wet in a bath towel. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. like. That's right? an eye characteristic. I hate to tell you, Jen, <laughs> because it's an eye characteristic. Yeah. Influencer. Cause we tend to like, uh, if we have five minutes, we want to do one more thing and then it takes 10. Anyway, uh, my pet peeve. Um, I would say one thing that comes to mind is people that are closed-minded okay. that are not willing to look honestly at themselves or to take on another perspective. Ooh, may I ask you this? <laughs> how do you, how do you stay impartial as a therapist or a coach when you're dealing with a couple I know you have years and years of training that helps you see willingness to change in both people. But are there moments when you just say, oh my gosh, this person is so close-minded? <laughs> how, how do you impartial? Well, it, it is learned and it is hard sometimes because I'm a pretty opinionated person. And Early in my therapy, we were trained that, you know, we're not supposed to impose our values, which is true. I mean, I don't want to impose my values on anyone. But I I do remember one time I was working with a couple that um, he had had an affair and um, she demanded that he wear, are you ready for this, a chastity belt? when he traveled and I, I didn't even know they made such things. I, I don't know. didn't want to know the details, but he, didn't he, know they made he would whine and whine and whine about all this that she was requiring. And I, in a, an unprofessional moment, I thought said, you know what I haven't heard you say is how this has impacted your children. Now, that was obviously a lot of my own pain from my past about nobody was paying attention to the kids. But I I, I just kind of blurted that out and immediately regretted it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're not going to be back. And I wouldn't blame them, you know. Well, they came back the next week and he sat down and he said, you know what? I want to thank you. I said, oh, mm, for what? Wasn't sure I'd see you back this week. You know, he said, you're right. He said, I was totally caught up in my own pain and frustration. And I, I needed to hear that, that there were other people involved. So, so that, that was a situation that ended okay. But um, I, and I think really the, the more that I've worked with people over the years, when you, I'm a big story person. I love to hear people's stories. What has gone on in your life that makes you where you are. And so part of therapy really is listening and hearing their story. And it, it doesn't take long before there's just, there's a, everyone has a story and it it creates compassion, I think, for the world 
that they have created or whatever defense they have put up as a, as a means of survival. And, and when there's compassion, then we can have connection. Thank you for telling that story. That, that very interesting. And I'm glad that it worked out in that particular case. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would people describe as quirky about you? know if I should tell this story but because I don't even know (laughs) do what I said we can always edit it out there you go um somehow flipping off my children (laughs) became a sign of love that out but no I don't I don't remember how that started but I I remember my oldest son for Mother's Day one year he gave me this it was a little book where you can fill in all the things and he was like I wish I could blank like my mom he was like flip people off like my mom and it's really something I don't do that often but it's and I remember when my son-in-law was dating or I think they were engaged and he said something smart Alec and I just turned around and flipped him off. He was like, I know I've made it in the family now. And um, (laughs) very. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the way you all say goodbye to each other? No, no, no. It's more of a, like if somebody's like been smart aleck with me, yes, it's very in the moment. It's it's really not ever done in anger. I think that's why I, I hesitate to say because it, it sounds terrible, you know, but I don't know. I don't know how that got started, but oh gosh. that's a very, very family, like only our immediate family really knows that or whatever um, experience that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kathy, that's that's so fun. <laughs> Great place to leave off. <laughs> I, I'm thinking now about stealing that, but then what would I do if I were really angry? I would have yeah. <laughs> that after. Oh gosh. Um, but I've so enjoyed our conversation. I enjoy all our conversations. Um, I've enjoyed them too, Jen. It's been so great to meet. and Yeah, and we, we have to do that in person as we've promised each other. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, I encourage, first of all, check out Kathy at kathyrushing.com and look into the Uniquely Us um, personality profiles. They were super helpful to Scott and I. You'll hear us as um, guinea pigs next week. Again, great talking to you. Thanks for being on the show. You bet, Jen. Thank you. Hi, guys. It's Jen again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Small Business Speaks. New episodes come out every week, so take a minute now to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And, new thing, we're compiling a directory of all our podcast guests with premium content and offers only available to our members. If you'd like access, go to smallbusinessspeaks.com and drop us your email. That's Small Business Speaks with all the words spelled out. Thanks for listening.